0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Special guests and off topics in this segment, anything goes. You're listening to 3 p.m. Welcome to the 3AM Podcast. My name is DJ. My name is Charlie. My name is Sean. And today is a very special 3PM episode with the one, the only, the highly requested and sought after, the legend herself, the beautiful <laughs> Leah Hardy.
1: Woo! Yeah.
0: Welcome back. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back. Good,
0: good, good. Yes. We are... Uh, Very excited, to say the (laughs) least, uh, about this. Um, We tell you all the time, but everybody (laughs) loves your episode, so...
2: Easily one of our favorite episodes. We had to have you come back, Mm -hmm. so... I remember specifically after recording your episode, we all talked and we were like, that felt like what we could be, like our potential, as far as, like, how good it was. I remember specifically being like,
0: (laughs) that set the bar super high.
3: (laughs) Like, honorable Yeah, we've never been this good before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was insane. It was like a paradigm shift for us. But, oh, I
1: yeah. just remember leaving it feeling like, I want to do that again. Yes. <laughs> it was fun to do
0: that. So it was mutual. Yeah. That's what we'd like to hear. Yes. Um, we we work- also have Leah's so- sister, Lynn, in the house. <laughs> hey, yo. So real quick, if you haven't listened to the first episode that Leo was on, go and listen to that first. That'll help answer... Uh, a lot of basic questions uh concerning skinwalkers and Native american culture specifically specifically navajo and uh yeah, a lot of good insight it's uh, I say basic questions, but a lot is unknown in like the common knowledge of skinwalkers like a lot of people don't know the origins and mm-hmm. The whereabouts and how, to, kill how to become one, how to kill one. <laughs> yes. And you, you address a lot of that. And uh, Leah's credibility comes from a long line of, of medicine men. And fam- women. And women. Very well-known men and women in her family who was very rooted in their culture. But yeah, go ahead and ch- listen to that episode first.
2: It's called 3 p.m. Leah Hardy on Skinwalkers. Mm-hmm.
0: Came out maybe like two years ago. Mm. And then come back.
2: <laughs> right. Here. Welcome
0: back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leo, what's going on in your life? What are you up to right now?
1: Oh well. It's crazy to think that was two years ago that we did that episode. <laughs> yeah. um, since then I've graduated uh, from with my masters. Oh,
0: so I, I big, yeah. big, big girl. Yes. That's dope. Yes.
1: I am a school psychologist. So cool. Just helping kids and especially within the school system. So I do that every day.
2: So I'm sure you've been busy the last two years then.
1: Yes, the pandemic
2: really Mm -hmm.
1: threw things off. But job security, like all of us have a job.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mental illness.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, Right now you're working. Yes,
1: I'm working. And then I just, it's kind of crazy because I went from being a student in living that student life. And now I'm not. So I'm trying to figure out hobbies and trying to figure out what do I want to spend my time doing now that I have it. So,
0: <laughs> and have you figured some of it out? Some
1: of it. Yeah. And um, what does that led you to? I, I'm a loner. Like, I feel like I just go home and, and I just do my own thing. Um, but I like buy, I bought a kayak. I'm trying to do more outdi- outdoor kind of things. So, cool. and then just, uh, my sisters own a small business. So I help them with that too.
2: Nope. shout out the business what is yeah, it
1: yeah it's um it's centered around native culture so my sister lynn who's here she's a graphic designer for it but it's called a and so how do you spell that yeah uh, i can't tell you off the top okay. of my
4: head
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll just, link it in instagram yeah.
0: you guys have an instagram page? we do have an instagram okay, we'll page. link it there yeah
1: yes so. um but Thanks. the 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 it trans it's a Navajo word and it translates out to the benevolent sisters and it's tied to in my last episode I talked about um a specific area that's special to my family so it's tied to my family's um homestead in the land that we're from so uh, we just make products make coloring books shirts and we also like to contribute to nonprofits on a Navajo reservation to dig wells and um those different kind of causes. So we want to give back to the reservation. So that's what we do.
2: Heck yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I legit, we should get some shirts. Do you sell dude shirts? <laughs> cool. Okay, yeah. We're yeah. Is it open to everyone?
1: Yes. Okay. We we want to make sure that we, it's not just for Native Americans. Don't. We think that everybody should be able to, you know, if they want to learn about it and wear things, we want to we just want everybody to feel like they're, you know, mm-hmm. not like it's just, just brown people and like it's for everybody. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is interesting because like nowadays it's like you don't necessarily know what you're kind of allowed to like, I don't know. Some people might,
4: mm-hmm.
2: how do I say this? Some people might, might not be the happiest when you like partake in their culture. Like they want to keep it safe and guarded or some people would openly want to share it and like partake. So it's good to know. I always like being able to partake in other cultures and stuff. So. Yeah. I get real annoying when I get in Hawaii I pretend like I'm Hawaiian and <laughs> I'm trying to be as Hawaii as possible. But anyway,
0: um, I've realized that and no culture is without its you know, flaws here and there. But I've realized that all my native friends, like they're the most hyperactive about like sharing and educating about right. their culture. Mm-hmm. And they like out of like anybody I know, like love, you know, being native more than. Sean being white. You know, no, Dude, all I, my I know. Native uh, friends
3: are the ones trying to block people from doing stuff. No, no <laughs>
0: um, like all of my Native friends are like starting businesses and um, all the like providing content online to educate people about their people mm. and like bring awareness. And it's really beautiful. I love seeing all of it. So, yeah, I've a, a part of that circle. Yeah. I have
2: a homie, Sam. He's Navajo as well, photographer. I'll link his IG, but yeah, every photo is, is about sharing specifically his culture, which I think is dope. Like we need more of that. And I it's like cross partaking. I'm just all about it. You know what I mean? Like sharing it with everyone.
4: Yeah.
1: And I think that's what I if we're going back to the episode that I did, I think that's so it's not the stories that I told are not, you know, they're just ghost stories or like stories that you know can't fire. These are cultural stories these are things that not just me but my family like it's a family story people believed in it people draw strength from it and and it's just it's like a cultural thing and it has a lot of meaning to it so i think that's why like native american history and stories their history is orally kept through stories so scary storytelling is one of those things that we do and we're really good at it. So, <laughs> um, so that, that in and of itself is like a, is a culture like you're we're partaking in a, a native American tradition now just by speaking our stories and things like that. So I think that's the thing that makes it special and why I love doing this with you guys. Cause I feel like it carries that on it. Like it means more to me.
4: Mm.
2: Appreciate it. One theme from your episode that, I took away and I feel like we have, um, spoken to many times. It's not just like what we learned about like skinwalkers in the, in the reservation, uh, which was all amazing. But we talk about like how your mom, your grandma, um, how they treated fear and how they like reacted to it. We t- constantly talk about that. <laughs> like when you're, what, what did your mom say right before you went out the door? Do you remember you quoted always time. like, we no
0: can't time. afford to be oh, yeah scared oh, yeah. Yes. to that
4: effect.
1: Yeah, we can't. Um, and that's the mentality that I was raised with. And I mean, I, and my family and, and taught me like, there's evil, there's scary things. Like, don't think that those things are not real, but you have power over that. And we can't just walk around and be scared. And my grandmother, and that's the sad thing. My grandmother, who I talk about in these stories, who was just such a driving force in our family, she died this past year in April. And so I think both of you reached out to me to, to do a second a follow-up to do this session, but I just was not in a mental place because I just – my grandmother, who was a strong living force of just pure strength and fearlessness, was not here on this earth. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think because I never thought that she would die or she would pass. Um so I kinda had to come to terms with um processing fear and processing loss and and how do I keep going and keeping that mentality going.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I'm good. I'm in a good place and my mother now I'm realizing that now it's in me and I have that. It's it's yeah, if any of that makes sense. But <laughs> totally. Yeah, for sure. My the women in my family are in, don't mess with them. Do not get in their face. Don't mess with their kids. Like they will go at you. It doesn't matter if you're a skinwalker. Don't come around the the women of Gray Mountain. Hey, we will give it to you.
0: <laughs> what is it? The women of Gray Mountain? Yes. The so is that where you're from?
1: Yes. Where the Bay is the Navajo words translate translated out to Gray Mountain. So
2: green or gray? Gray. Gray. Gray.
1: gray. 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 Um. That's but so. yeah. So. My grandmother has a reputation for taking no crap from anybody. <laughs>
2: but yep. I love, so we obviously, we have a scary story podcast where a lot of times we're sharing, you know, a little bit more lighthearted, spooky things. Sometimes we dive into like pretty intense stuff, but we have an interesting relationship with fear and we talk about fear a lot. And a lot of these stories are fun because they're scary. Um, but just like the attitude you and your family have towards fear, I feel like it's such an important lesson to learn And the first person I really learned that from was uh, a Maori kid who I lived with in Australia. And we would talk about ghosts and stuff. And he just told me when he was brought up, his grandpa said, like, if you feel a presence, you just like tell it to shut up. You were just like, (laughs) you'd be straight with it and you like show strength. And and I don't know, for me, it was kind of a foreign concept or it's something that like I feel like everyone needs a little reminding, you know, Mm -hmm. because this can be real depending on like your level of belief. And it's a good lesson to know because I feel like it brings you protection and it's just a place of power rather than like giving your power up to whatever you're afraid of. But no, that was like my favorite, one of my favorite takeaways of your episode. Mm -hmm. And like we constantly reference it. So
1: I love that. I love, yeah, my grandma, me and my sister were talking on the way up here, just kind of reviewing the details of the stories that we wanted to share. And we're just remembering how my grandma was always like. Because that's one of the characteristics of skinwalkers is that they come at night. They Mm -hmm. don't come during the day. They do a lot of their works during the night. And my grandma used to always say... You know come to my house when it's light, come say it to my face then like why you gotta come and you know do your evil stuff and so it's kind of like we say that's our saying it was like come to my house in the day like come yeah. say it to me then
0: um, yeah that's <laughs> exactly yeah. that's straight up gangster. yes right? like yes. your grandma is the one who's saying you should be they were probably of afraid of your us. grandma yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. for and real i'm flipping the tables here yeah yes. in skinwalker
2: training they're like dude stay away from Oh,
0: <laughs> no. gray mountain yeah. everyone else Chill yeah. gray mountain. Yeah. No.
2: don't go there yeah.
4: don't go there That's
2: yeah. dope. now i know we've directed people to go listen to your episode but if you could kind of briefly like talk about your background in history and maybe just refresh us on like what skinwalker is if that's okay
1: okay uh so a history of skinwalkers so i i just want to put it out there that i am one person um i only speak exclusively for my culture, my na- Navajo background, but within the Navajo culture, there are, it's, it's a big reservation and, um, there's a lot of members. And so each region has their own, you know, this is what a skinwalker is and this is how they came to be. So my, the, I can only tell you what I was taught and what I was learning and things like that, but it may differ from another, person who's from a different part of the res. I say res and that's short for reservation. So in so it's different. So this is just me. This is my story. This is what my family told me. Um if anybody wanna at me, go at at me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Come come
1: for me. (laughs) Um but I will say that. Um so the 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 native the Navajo term for a skinwalker is yinaskloshi. And we just shorten it to Yanni. Um, and it's basically it's it's a witch. So it's a this person has made an alliance with an evil power to gain go- glory and power and riches and, and that kind of thing. Um, and the way that you become a witch is that you have to kill someone that you really really love. In in that act is how you gain that power and then you use the bones from their dead body and you grind it into powder and they carry in this little pouch and that's what they use to carry their their spells and their different things like that. Um and the term for that is gushing like they're 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 witching you, they're they're casting their spells or whatever on you. Um
2: It's gushing an uh, English word?
1: It's a Navajo word. Oh, gushing. Yeah. Um and so they originated I think back in the days so the Navajo culture or Navajo people originally back in the ancient days were we were a warring people so we um we were just known to like, like be really ruthless and to um because you have to be like if you were trying to survive against like different tribes and um, as the Mexicans and Spaniards, you know, were coming in, we're trying to protect our culture and different things like that. And so from what I understand, the skinwalkers originated because they were, they, you know, their powers were used to protect um, warriors. But then along the way that it became evil, people started using it for, um, you know, purposes to gain their own power for themselves. Um, Native American culture... Uh, relatively is like a collective mindset you you care about everybody else um nothing you do is for you it's for it's for everybody it's for the people that's what um the navajo navajo is is i think it's a mexican word or spanish word but the re- the real name that we call ourselves is Dene, which means the people
2: mm. so we've come across that yeah um, so I think it's, I said
0: Dine, so yeah.
1: my bad. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, Dine. Dine. Yeah, it's Dine. So, um, yeah. So, um, witchcraft and um, it, they and they they can also shape shift into animals. So, um, but they choose, and that's of their own choosing. The most I've ever heard, like they look like dogs or you know wolves or bears or that's what I've heard, but. Most of the, the interactions that my family has had, um, they've taken shape of like horses or weird looking dogs. Um, they uh, they go out at night, and the best night for a, a Yanni is a Skinwalker, is a dark night that is clear. So it's a clear dark night, and it's windy, so that when they walk, their tracks are blown mm-hmm. by the wind. And they communicate through whistling. So you don't ever don't ever go to a reservation, especially not a reservation, and whistle at night. Don't ever do that. I'm not kidding. Don't do that. Um, because you're calling them to you. You're calling evil to you. Um, so it's kind of like a basic. Ju- I mean, there's more I can go into, but that's kind of like the basics of skinwalkers.
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So from last time, like the stories that you have tonight... Have any of them occurred, like, in between now and the last time we saw you?
1: Um, These ones happened in the past, but there has been little things that have happened. So my parents live uh, on the Navajo reservation, and they live in the middle of nowhere, and so they, they will call and say, oh, this happened and this happened. And they're like nonchalant about it, but.
0: And what's we'll your reaction?
1: We're just like, we've kind of gotten to the, used to Same it too. We're just like, well. oh, okay, well. Oh, dang. Well, so it just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> like, why does it stop? Um, but yeah. And then, um, but it, it's not like this grand scale of these stories I'm going to tell, but they do happen and, um, yeah.
2: And then we have a couple photos if you want to show of like where you grew
4: up
1: yes um yeah some some of the pictures that we have today will show the area that's the this the the my first episode that's where a lot of the stuff happened um
2: like after you left our research has continued and we've looked looked in different sources like dj found a huge book that was compiled about like skinwalkers in particular and skinwalkers like in utah do you remember that book
3: Stalking the tricksters. I don't.
0: Oh yeah, stalking the tricksters. It was this uh White Dude. This was this white dude, but he like lived with a lot of different natives for years and years. Um and tried to learn everything about them and just like wrote down all his studies and findings and he talked about a lot of their uh uh lore surrounding uh these Yannies. Um, and how different tribes, like you said, you're speaking to your own experience, um, how different tribes had like different versions of it, or maybe even like these Yannis or witches from other tribes had like other powers. And, like, they were like known for different powers. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. So they, they were like unique. They were like different characters almost. So it was pretty fascinating.
2: He, like, went into the hierarchy as well and how they would meet at, like, the Witching Rocks. Is that what he called them? Yeah, in this one area he
0: was in, like, New Mexico or something. There was, like, a famous landmark called the Witching Rocks. And a lot of the skinwalkers would meet there.
2: Anyway, so we've, like, um, learned a little bit about Navajo culture, like, here and there. One thing I heard, uh, I covered... The boarding school situation, and in fact, my so my mom, every summer there was a program in Utah where they would take kids from the reservation and they would live with a family up here and go to school up here. My mom's adopted; she's Japanese, so she was adopted by a white family. This white family would take in um, a couple Navajo boys every summer, and they like lived with them every summer. And then my mom went and lived with them on the reservation in the in the summers. Uh, but sh- so she was telling me things but I covered like the boarding school situation and I feel like it was kind of like an unspoken thing. People just like didn't talk about like they kind of knew the history with that. Um, but recently with what's happening in Canada where they're just like really exposing just like the depth of what happened. Um, it's like getting talked about more and more. Unfortunately, it will probably like, the dialogue will stop at some point, which is really sad. But did you guys have any thoughts or like feelings on that? Or like, what was that like for you? Or was that talked about like in your communities and stuff? I don't know.
1: Oh, of course. Um, we know that what it, that's like firsthand because my parents are boarding school survivors. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, that was in the 1800s and different things like that. And I like, no, that was going on to like the 1960s and 70s here in the United States. Um, my dad, uh, my mom did that, that situation you were talking about where they went and lived with families. So my mom lived with her adoptive family in California. Um, but my, so she escaped boarding schools, but then my dad, um, grew up in a boarding school and he was just telling me how he was punished for speaking his native language. And he, and he was there since he was like five. And so he, one story, it really like hit home to me. Their experience, he was telling both he and my mom, they were at two different boarding schools on the reservation. But when they bring the kids in, they would, the doormates to who are white women would make them, you know, take showers and they would mark their elbows and places with sharpie markers, permanent markers, and they were told to scrub until the sharpie was gone. And that right there, it's like basically like these kids are dirty. Mm -hmm. You know, these kids are coming from a different culture, from a different way of life and it's wrong and we're going to scrub it out of them. And so then that's how my dad perceived it It was just like, like what's happening to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's five, these kids are young. They're, they're, they're still form, you know, formulating their, their perspective and their schemas about life. And so, um, my parents went through that and my grand and my uh, my aunts and uncles and my great-grandfather also attended a boarding school in the early 1900s and so it's been and i you know it stopped but in high school my sister and i we both um, lived in a boarding a dormitory type situation we weren't forced but um we lived um, like a modern form of, of boarding school too Mm-hmm. Um, so, in, so in
2: a way, it's like still, there's like forms of it. There's still? like
1: forms of it, but it's not forced. It's mm. not like, hey, we're going to like make you assimilate, but it's, it's still under the Bureau of Indian, Indian Education and the Bureau of Indian Affairs. So it's, it's something that the government is still has their hands in.
0: Mm. The, the Bureau of Indian Affairs? Yes, the BIA. Mm-hmm. Who runs that? Native, not natives.
1: The government does. So it was created as, so as the U.S. government was being formed and all these different things, they have to you know deal with the Native people that were here and mm-hmm. their reserva- put them on reservations and do with their treaties, and that was through the Bureau of Indian Affairs. That's what was created for that purpose.
0: Do you know how many officials in the BIA are Native American?
1: I don't know. But I'm it's not-,
0: not. It doesn't sound like it does. It's, it's, substantial
1: amount i don't know yeah i mean i i'm guessing it's probably not um but i do know that there are a lot of like our i think our secretary of um under the biden administration our sec what was it the secretary deb deb, deb Holland. yes i'm I, so your secretary. she's I, I i'm so bad deb I'm, i messed up your, your name and your title but she under the Biden administration, she is one of the first Native Americans who is, like, over the land and the resources. And she's trying to—now her mission right now is to get a lot of the, um like, derogatory names for different national monuments. Like Squaw Peak, for example, in Provo, Squaw is a derogatory word for a Native woman. Whoa.
2: Hmm. I had
0: no idea. I had no idea either. Yeah,
1: that's what they used to call them in the past. And so she, now it's her—she wants to have— any national monuments or national parks who have squaw within their titles to be taken out.
3: Wow. Hmm. Uh,
2: When we ask you questions, obviously like you're one person with one experience. So we're kind of asking you to speak on behalf of like (laughs) the whole Navajo um, people. But, so sorry, we're doing that. But um, do you feel in your family or in yourself that there is any like move in the right direction? Like it's getting better or it's still just like, not not enough is happening.
1: You know, I think I study psychology and I studied it for a reason because I grew up seeing alcoholism and and drug use and um just the breakdown of the family and the loss of culture and these things are historical trauma mm-hmm. and they are tied heavily to boarding schools because you take a whole group of people and you tell them that their way of life and their traditions and their culture and their language is basically wrong and not the normal, not the norm. You're not white basically is what they're saying. How can you not have, you know, these issues? How can you, yes, Mm -hmm. how can you not have, and not only that, but it's in the saddest thing that is really hurtful is that, especially revealed in these things that you're talking about in Canada and the first nations up there, it was a lot of these children were sexually abused. A lot of them were raped. A lot of them um, were physically abused and verbally abused. And so like that also takes the toll on the people where you can't even protect your own children from that. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, there's just a lot to overcome with that. Um, and I think that could be something for all Native American tribes that we know that it's a problem. We know that these things happen, but It takes a lot to, I mean, if you think mental health for one person is hard to work through, like how about a whole group of people? Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's going to take some time, but I'm hopeful that my children and their, you know, the generations that come after me can, can try to see some hope and our people are resilient. Like we, I'm full-blooded Navajo and that's what the government didn't want. But guess what? We're here. I'm alive. I'm here. Pull up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You tried, but no. We're still here.
0: That's beautiful. That really is beautiful. (laughs) So, with a lot of this, uh, I don't know what you call it—civil unrest, just atrocities that have happened historically and even today. A lot of people tend to shy away from looking in that direction, like Charles was talking about. Like media coverage will come, but the media only lasts as long as, you know, the next big headline and then people's attention shift to the next the next thing, you know, and whatever was being talked about six months ago is kind of in the past for the general public. But the people who are still affected by it are still dealing with it like the problem doesn't disappear. when The media doesn't talk about it. As, I guess, like a, a Native Hawaiian, I've been told a few times that Hawaiians are just angry all the time. We're always trying to find something to be upset about. Have you ever been told anything like that, similar to that oh, as yes. a Native American? And yes. What, what do you have to say to that?
1: I mean, you're gonna start me on a rant, like you.
4: You guys <laughs> came here go. for like a scary story, <laughs> <laughs> but like, episode, <laughs> episode three. <Let's> <laughs>
1: like, I think, yeah, really, it's almost like, um, yeah, like, wh- why are you guys? Everything's better. Why are you guys trying to stir the pot? Like, like, why are you guys so mad? Like, get over it. It happened. That's. The, I think that's the number one thing I hear is like, that happened so long ago. Things are different now. Um, Me and my sister joke because at the beginning of the pandemic, people were like, you know, up in arms about their rights and, and access to toilet paper and whatnot. And there was this meme that was going around in the Native community on social media.
2: First of all, memes are just beautiful. Yeah. Right. yeah like, <laughs> spreading are. info and like, yes. shared, shared experience. So I just love, like, we get to hear, like, a reservation meme now. That's so sick. Sorry. <laughs> sorry
1: to no, you're fine. Um, yeah, so there's this meme going around where it's like, oh, like, you white folks are crying. Welcome to being an Indian. You've been Indian for a month. Um, and that's basically saying, like, you guys are complaining about these things, and yet when it's happening to you, it's like, oh, let's drop everything and let's feel sad for you. Mm. But when it's coming to us and exactly what you're saying, DJ, like, oh, let's pay attention to these issues that really matter. It's like, get over it. Mm. You know, stop crying about it. And it's like, it didn't happen to you. And until it happens to you, then you're going to understand.
0: Yeah. yeah, I I don't want to take your spotlight, but maybe you can relate to this sentiment. I, I personally believe that I try to try to empathize as best as I can. Uh, and I try to look at what's at stake. If You look at native Hawaiians. And I think the main thing we are concerned with is like our identity, like everything that comes along with it. And you were talking about like in history when people were invading and encroaching, you were just trying to protect your people and everything that your people are. Language, art, dance, song, food, um, resources. And the US is a new country, you know? It's just a couple hundred years old. Whereas you've been here how long?
4: You know? Yeah.
0: Long. A millennium? Longer, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Same as Polynesians. So I think the time, with that time, it's given our people to grow a little more in culture than the U.S. That's not to put down the U.S. because in time, they'll probably develop a culture and like, like we already have sub-languages in the U.S. regional. It's definitely on like a, like a lower scale, but at one point, maybe they'll develop into something somewhat similar as us, but because of how much, how long we've been here as a Hawaiian and as Navajo, like you've just had time to grow and you're just trying to protect that. So it's easy for people who don't have that stance to say, what are you complaining about? It's like the preservation and like perpetuation of my people. Whereas it's like, you're kind of still, I'm not trying to like stomped down on american culture does that make sense no yeah i think one of the biggest or like
2: most prevalent fears in the world is fear of the unknown right so even by doing this like personally and i can i can imagine a ton of our listeners have never had a chance to like have an open honest and vulnerable dialogue with a navajo person right so even just like sharing this beats down that like ignorance or like not knowing not truly knowing so we could have so many listeners listening listening to you and then like being able to empathize and understand you know what was lost right so i don't know i uh i think a lot of that is like what happened like europe came over no understanding of what was set up here and to them it was like the natural reaction is fear like must change that right and like you shared a meme with me the other day like when Puritan missionaries went to Hawaii they thought Hawaiians were lazy they thought they were so stupid because Hawaiians were surfing or not surfing they were like chilling in the beach by like 12 in the middle of the day and they were like, you guys are so lazy like you don't work what they didn't know is that Hawaiians had like gotten to the point where they were so efficient with their farming and everything that like they could do that and like that's what they valued was like time with their family like in the beautiful you know and it's like you You hear that and you're like those idiots like (laughs) they didn't understand that was the higher way of living and they came and just like set everyone back i don't know but like to your point i'm just trying to
0: yeah that that was just like kind of my response uh to people who were like why are you always mad it's like what's at stake here Hmm. like there was a generation where hawaiian language was outlawed any hawaiian practice dance all of it you you lived in hawaii for four years and you learned about that a ton so one generation and we lost a ton i don't i'm not fluent in hawaiian is that where maybe like the feelings come from and why like you're annoyed when people are like well why are
2: you still mad it's like
0: cuz there's still loss like no matter how long the stem is it's still coming from a, a specific point in time you know the butterfly effect one drop in the pond will cause a ripple on the other side you know so yes we live here and now but i'm still a product of my past to a pretty good extent
2: and you're witnessing the effects like still
0: yeah hmm. so i think it's important to consider both like we definitely have i i think we have more resources now there is a lot of good but uh it's not without its flaws there's still pain
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i think it's cuz i i do love the united states like i People are always like, well, you probably hate the U.S. I'm like, no, I don't. Like, this is my home. Um, Before it was the U.S., it was our, my family's home. Um, But I think just like, simply acknowledging how this country came to be is important. Um, just simply acknowledging, like, yeah, yeah, we have the Constitution. Yeah, we have all these different things that were great. But at what cost and to whom? Um, if you can just simply acknowledge that, if you listeners listening to this can really – think about that and acknowledge it and acknowledge that some a group of people not only Native Americans lost out and we're still hurting today if you can just be open-minded to that and think about that and really process that I think that's where we get to the places where we can you know improve Hmm. and be better so hopefully that happens
2: kind of going along with that in my research I really looked into like the boarding school history and I like looked where it started with I can't remember his name, but it's like his last name was Pratt. Just like all this stuff. And then I watched interviews of people who grew up on the res. They would talk like they were taught by their parents that they saw a van to run and hide. Because it meant like they potentially could be taken away. And they spoke to the Navajo's connection to like their home and the actual land being really, really strong. Um, Is that like true for you guys and your experience?
1: Yes. Uh, one of the traditions in my family, and I learned, again, I don't know if this is for everybody, but for my family specifically, we are taught to, you know, you, your identity is part of where you come from in your land. Like, for example, my grandmother attended all the births of her grandchildren, and she has like 40 grandchildren. Um, she has 12 kids, and my mom's number eight, but so she has a lot of grandchildren, and so at, at, she attended each birth and then would take the placenta and then she buried it at the foot of the mountain where we were from.
2: That's what I was getting to.
1: Yeah. And so she was always and she told us this this is always so that you remember where you come from and that you will always have a desire mm-hmm. to come home.
2: And that connection, just like you are literally like one <clears throat> with your land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I had heard and I just wasn't sure if that was like prevalent in the like all of Navajo culture, but interesting. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Anything else? Any other thoughts when it comes to preservation and just Uh, reverence for what's happened
1: i think just also um supporting in any way that you can whether that be you read something about native american culture or you um i just think it's so important to hear from authentic sources of information um because and, and also knowing that, you know, my experience is different from another Native American's experience, and all tribes are not the same. They are different. Um, so if you can just find those authentic sources and, and listen and tap in and learn from them, I think that will help you to uh, anybody. And that's something I do, even though I'm Native American. I, I, I love to learn about the First Nations in Canada and all these, like, different tribes in the East Coast and the West Coast because I don't know. So, even i'm native american and i need to know about other people
2: uh no one may know this but is there any native american podcast does anyone know
1: i know we follow some on our instagram page um and there's a youtuber there i think there're more youtubers than there are podcasters hmm, hmm. We can give you a list of people. Then. Yeah. Like they're like saving my mind.
0: It's you. You're the podcaster. Oh, so, so oh. Yeah. <laughs> you might
3: need to start doing it.
1: I don't know. I don't like hearing myself.
0: come the
3: in mic. the day, dude. No. Yeah.
0: Oh. Wait, is that how you say? It? Come in the daytime or come at it yeah. Try me at daytime. Yeah. Whatever you Oh, come.
1: Say. come <laughs> like, wait, what do you he say? Hey, come, come at me during the day.
0: Dope. <laughs> yeah well, uh, we'd love to hear your stories. because they continue like as fun as they are and uh, because of like the spookiness factor, like they're equally just as educational as like what we've been talking about so far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you've done a really good job at that. So
1: Okay. yes, yeah, so you want me to you want me to get yeah. started? It's,
0: it's all you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m.
5: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
4: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your
1: happy price, priceline. Okay, so I didn't I when I got here, I didn't know that we were gonna be recording on that video. <laughs> uh, so just had guys that I talk a lot with my hands. Um, so this first story is an experience that I had. Well, my it's my mom's experience, but me and my siblings were there. Um, but I was a I was a kid and I was too young to understand. I don't remember exactly what happened. But so this story begins in a s- summer night. So one of the things on the reservation is is that a lot of houses don't have air conditioning, and and so what you do to cool off at night is either you open all the doors and windows in your house, or you pull out a mattress and you put it in the back of a truck because everybody has a truck and you sleep in the mattress in the back of your truck. And and for me growing up, it was really fun because you had your cousins come over and you would crack open a watermelon on the tailgate and it's a nice breeze and finally the sun going down and you're just enjoying life. You're laughing and you're eating your goodies and Hot Cheetos is a staple too. <laughs> Um, and then, um, so this particular day, it was, my mom was the only adult that was there, but she had me and my three siblings and then, um, about four of my other cousins. And she said, okay, guys, get ready. We're getting ready for bed. Pull out the mattresses and there two trucks there. So we put a mattress in each bed of the truck and, um, my, and we, my mom backed up the trucks up and there's a porch, And so she went to go sit on the porch, um, just enjoying the breeze. And then we were laying down, getting ready for the night. And the thing about Arizona is that, I don't know if you guys ever been there, but the skies are big. Um, The sunsets are gorgeous. And so at night, though, in this particular night, it was a full moon. And you can see. It's almost like you you don't need a flashlight because you can you know where you're walking you know you know where you're headed, and that was the kind of night it was. It was a beautiful big full moon. There was there was light you can see. Um, there was no breeze, and and so it was just a nice night. And so my mom gets us all settled in, and we're all kind of just drifting, drifting off to sleep. And there's a dirt road that goes in front of the house, and it forks. And so she, she was, she said that she looked around and she noticed that the dogs that we had, they were scared and they started kind of backing off and were hiding underneath the porch. And she said, that's weird because usually animals, when they're scared, you know, they don't, they act a certain way. And so my mom was like kind of, okay, I need to be on alert. And so she said she was sitting there kind of just looking around and then straight ahead in her right straight ahead in her view she said she saw a dog it looked like to her it was a dog and it was sitting there just like politely just sitting there and she said it creeped her out because that dog looked like it was staring at like just sitting just sitting and staring at us and the house, and she said, okay, that's not normal, (laughs) dogs don't sit quietly and still like that, uh, so she said she just continued to watch it, and it watched her, um, she was just like, you know what, it's gonna move, it'll be fine, and then time passed on, and she said it didn't move, and the dogs became, 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 the dogs then were more tense, and they just wouldn't come out. And so she said, okay, this is not normal. <laughs> and so um, she said that she was getting ready to – she says, oh, I'm going to – well, she wanted to get the truck and turn it on and go shine her light at it. But she said, but my kids are in the car. Like, the kids are in the truck. Um. So she gets up, and she's starting to, you know, move things around and and – Trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? And so she's like, she at that point, she said, I just got overwhelmed. So I sat back down because I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. And it's, and she looks up again, and that dog was a little closer, Mm -hmm. like it had moved from one side of the road to the next. And it was still sitting very, very still, looking straight at, like straight ahead, but you can't see the features of it. And so she's like, oh my goodness, like this thing's getting closer. And then eventually that two, two of the dogs got brave and they started barking at it. But it wasn't like a, it was like an aggressive bark because they, I think they could sense that my mom was scared at this point. And so my mom was kind of like, okay, it's now or never. I gotta, I gotta figure out what this thing is. And so she says that she was walking up to the truck, was going to open the door handle to jump in. So she gets in and then she looks up and she's that dog was a little bit closer. And she, and she's like, so she goes to turn on the light. She's like, this thing's getting closer. Goes to turn on the truck to shine the light. But right as she's, you can, you and if you've ever driven a truck, you can kind of hear it start to turn before the lights come on. And so that thing whatever it was, well we know what it was. It she turned started to turn on the track and then it stood up.
2: On two legs.
1: On two legs. It stood up and she said she got so just like oh my gosh. And so she um she got out she immediately jumped out. She turned on the vehicle, like, oh my goodness! Turned it on. Shined the light, and then she told us to get up. I mean, this part I do remember. She woke us up, and she said, "Get in the house." And then we all ran in. Um, she turned off the truck and followed us in. And then she, we, she was waiting, and we were still sleepy, so we just went in and laid down. Um, and then she was just waiting for it, you know, to walk up the porch, and she was waiting for it to tap on the windows. She was waiting for it to call out, and. She said she stayed up till about like three hours later and nothing happened. And then she, the dogs were normal. They were out lounging around and were not tense and were not barking anymore. And that's when she knew that the coast was clear.
3: (sighs) Legit. Got goosebumps. <laughs> That's terrifying. I definitely don't like how it got closer every time she like oh. looked away or was like doing something and then would look back and it was closer. I don't and, like that.
2: And to have to go through that alone. Yes. like Everyone's asleep, no one's home. It's like, oh crap, like this is on me. And even the dogs are kind of like, like, take care of this. You know? <laughs> They're like back Do into some. the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it's kind of crazy.
3: And
0: wait, you were sleeping in the truck?
1: Yeah, at this point we were all like just laying out sleeping. How
0: old were you? I think I was like Young.
1: 7, okay. 6. And mm-hmm. my sister here was like 4.
0: So when when did you find out about this story?
1: <laughs> she didn't she didn't tell us tell about. Well, she told us the next day. She was uh. like because we were thinking, why'd you take us inside? Like, it was hot. Like, we want to sleep outside. And she's like, Well, this thing happened. And um, yeah. And then my grandma, who she was alive at that point, she's just like, Well, you should have told her to go home. Like, she's just like, You should have told her to get out of here. Um. But yeah. But that's my mom. And she she said it. That was one point in her life where she kind of just felt like. Like just like oh my goodness, so what am I gonna do? Because it's not just like my safety, It's my kids' safety. All right, yeah. Like I have all these kids, and but the funny thing is, we still slept out at night. Like like that's dinner. Like, like the yeah, next, like then, yeah, like the night. next <laughs> night, we were like pull the mattress out, let's do it. Um,
0: so the sense of like fearlessness was instilled when you were young.
1: Yes. Yes. So Expl- you
0: didn't ever have like. A huge problem it sounds like
1: well i mean we were told that but that like there are scary stories that are like more detailed than the ones i'm sharing i'm not sharing them because other people told me them and i don't want to share other people's stories if i don't have their permission um but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could like go into detail, like, um, because and those are the stories that we were told. It's like these stories that are like in detail, specifically of what skinwalkers do, and that mm. used to scare the crap out of me. Um, like growing up, we would have a lot of houses in the reservation don't have running water, so we would have to go to the outhouse. And my cousins, my older cousins, they would whistle. Like we would go to the bathroom and they whistle. We like we would we would cry and we would be so scared like at night. At night, that's
3: messed up. Yeah, Lila told me not to
2: do that. So. We,
1: exactly, but they did it to like scare us. But and it worked because we would like pee our oh, pants right gosh. before we got to the outhouse because we were so scared. Like, um, yeah, like ready right to like fight and like go at it. Like,
0: yeah, Charles um, told me a, a story once. He had me listen to this story when we first started hanging out or i started hanging out with these guys and they're like bro listen to this story oh, and it's yeah. this dude talking about his uh uh when he was he was like an ex-policeman and he like visited this house uh yeah. that was supposedly haunted and in this story he encounters like the girl who lives in this house and she, it was he's he's crawling in like the air vents in the house <laughs> And he sees the girl in the air vent.
4: Mm. Terrifying.
0: So, like, later that night. Uh, well, and one I, part of the story is, like, she whispers, like, they're in the vents. And so, like, that's a part of this. I'm watching you. Yeah, I'm watching you. You can hear it from the vents. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh the, the whispers, I'm watching you. So, <laughs> uh, that night, I, I, like, crash at their house because I'm like, I don't want to go home by myself. <laughs> and uh, I'm using the bathroom. And there's a vent right above me. So the, for like the next week, I would uh, have my my phone on selfie mode so I could watch the vent. And I had like my fist in case something was coming right from the vent just like above my head so I could punch whatever was coming yeah. out. But, so I get it, you know. Yeah. So way, I relate. Right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: I fully thought you were about to say like the key turn, the car turned on and the skinwalker was gone. That's, that's what, what I thought, thought you were going to say was happen too because we have heard other stories where like they they have an aversion to light because they want to protect their identity, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought you were going to say so you said oh it's still like <laughs> I
0: was not ready. So it still like retained like the, the form of a dog.
1: Yeah, uh, well well one of the things is that they wear skins, like animal skins. Mm. Um and like they the
4: like costume yeah
1: like they wear the headdress and the animal skins and the loin cloths oh. and they put powder over themselves ashes and whatnot so
0: would that be called is it regalia
1: no no regalia is like a that's more ceremonial that's more ceremonial things okay. this is just like their skins like okay. there's no okay. respect given to their titles and no. what they wear
4: ah.
2: but uh, can you explain maybe to our listeners why they want to protect their identity
1: Yes. So one of the things that happens if a skinwalker's identity is revealed and my next story is a story about that. Um, but they protect their identities because, you know, like I said, they go around at night, they want to curse you and their gain is for power and money and and wealth. And so you want to make sure that you keep that right. You want a place in the community, you want to have people be jealous of what you have, but you don't want people to know how you got it. Um, so if a skinwalker's identity is revealed, then they have to kill themselves. So they put in it and it's, it's like their law. They
2: have to like, they're bound by that. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, so um, my grandma, like I used to always joke, like find out their identity. Like, look, that's why it's like come to my house in the day because <laughs> we'll find out who you are. Cause Um, start shouting
4: out names yeah (laughs) joe i know that's
1: you just in case yeah basically so it's yeah so they have to they have to kill themselves or whatever and then and so but the vehicle like the vehicle thing because there's a lot of people who have come forth and in stories that they're driving along dirt roads or along the highways on the reservation and then you know they'll something's running alongside the vehicle and like it's tapping the windows or it's running its hands across the sides of the doors or even some cases it's jumping in the back if you have a truck it's jumping on the bed
2: that's a new one for me
1: or like you you look in the rear view and you see these red eyes looking at you and they stink so you can smell like this ugly smell and they're tapping on windows and they're there's trying to basically, like, scare you. So the vehicle thing is something that happens, I think, to a lot of people.
4: Hmm.
1: So don't drive at night on the reservation because <laughs> you never know if it's going to happen to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or at least go with people. Then you can be scared together.
4: I was with, uh,
3: go ahead. Uh, I, said, I was just going to say, I've definitely made the drive down to, like, Phoenix, like, going through, like, that area from, like, Page to Flagstaff at night before, and it's been so dark, like, couldn't see anything. And I've always been a little sketched out because I've done that drive by myself and, like, and
2: knowing well, you, listening to music and whistling.
3: Okay. So, but like the whistling thing, it comes up in a lot of different cultures too, mm-hmm. where you're not supposed to whistle at night, which I think is interesting. But also, like, my grandma would always say, you can always tell like a happy person because they're whistling. And I'm like, now I don't know. Yeah, Your grandma was a skinwalker dog. <laughs> we got dude. those in Kentucky, too, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <That's funny>. yeah, <laughs> but but- yeah, no, I've always made that drive, or I have, a couple times at night. And it's always been a little just disorienting, like a little creepy, mm-hmm. when it's super dark and I'm by myself driving along those roads. So, yeah, sorry to cut you off. No, 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 I, I was <laughs>
4: –
0: uh, it was – it was my girlfriend's brother's birthday last week and we got together and he had a bunch of his friends over. One of them who I know decently well, good guy, and he uh, served his Mormon mission in Arizona. And I don't know how the subject came up. Somebody started talking about skinwalkers and dude, this, this this kid is always happy, always smiling. And the second somebody, he heard the word skinwalkers, shift in his face you just see like the happiness being sucked out of his life it was crazy And he said i have a story about skinwalkers and it's pretty similar to what you've heard about them running alongside the car but there was one on the other side of my car window and i was looking at it in the face while we were driving like 60 or 70 miles an hour you know, oh, down gosh. the ho- down the highway and uh the room just got silent anyway <laughs> it happy worked. birthday yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he said i also have a story about a possession and a vampire but i don't think i can talk about it right now so that's, that's where he left dirty. us
3: yeah. that's dirty <laughs> and, oh my uh, goodness i
0: think
2: he went home <laughs> He's like, anyway, I'm out.
0: out. <laughs> you ruined my Kills the vibe at least. <laughs> no. Holy.
1: Holy cow.
2: <laughs> That's
1: crazy. Okay, are we ready for story number two? I guess. Okay. Um, so this one is one that my dad told us. And so he's from a different part of the reservation. And in this area, um, people really live a little bit farther. so um, they're neighbors and they know each other because they know you know the families and there's you know connections that way. Um, so, and this is a story that he heard from a neighbor. So he's relaying to us things that were happening in the community community. so there there was this guy, and he's like a, a army veteran, like he, just wants to live a quiet life did his service and and he started noticing that things were happening at his house so you know like things would be missing or um started off small that way uh, and then things started progressing um and then he would know you know he would get the taps on his window at night and and you know the to say kind of like the similar common stories where you know you see somebody standing outside your house and that kind of thing and so instead of kind of just letting he let things happen for a while um and then he decided to take matters into his own hands so he started putting up cameras outside his house and trying to see if he could catch anything until eventually he set up a trap outside his house to catch this skinwalker that was around his house and so my dad said one night he was as he tells it he um caught something on the cameras and the trap went and so he went out and of course the main goal is that you want to figure out what their identity who who is it and so he was trying to get the trap in, but wasn't able to see the person's face. Um, so he took a shot at him. And he wounded the skinwalker that was in the trap. And so he was like, oh, I, I wounded it. So he's trying to, you know, pull the, the trap apart. And, and so that skinwalker is able to run away. And so he's like, oh, dang it, like, I lost, I lost the, you know, I lost it, I had him, but I shot him, so I, there should be blood, or there should be something, you know, to, to lead to where this thing went, um, so he decides to call the police, and the Navajo reservation is interesting, because it has, um, its own police force, and, um, there are laws that, that, which, that witchcraft is like a crime and stuff like it's, it's a real thing that happens. Um, so they calls the Navajo police and they come over and he tells them, Hey, this is what's happening. And so they're like, okay, we'll help you track it. And so they go and they start following, you know, the tracks and the blood and whatnot. And eventually they take it to this house and it's way out in the distance. It's like this isolated little house in the middle of nowhere. And they track it to this house. And, um, once they get there, you know, the sun's starting to come up, and the morning starts to come through. and they notice that there was a group of women who lived there, and they're they're doing something. They're like there's commotion going on. So the police officer and this man, they pull up and they get closer to the house. And they're they noticing that there's a person laying on the ground, and the women are trying to like trying to hide him and and do all this stuff. and And then the police officers and the guy like really run because they're like they're hiding something and they run up. And it was, they saw the man on the ground and he was shot. He He had blood coming out of him. And they pulled back and he was wearing animal skins and he had on his body, he had these like ancient special marks and they were in ash all over his body. And they found him. And he died because they revealed his identity and his family were, they were trying to hide him, but they were able to find him. And I, I guess it was like a friend. It was somebody that they knew well in their community
0: oh,
1: and he died.
0: Yeah. So do we know anything about his family? Like they obviously knew he was a skinwalker. Like, were they skinwalkers too, or some of them, or... You know,
1: I don't were, know. Um, my dad, my I, I know that there's more to that story, but from what I understand, he was the only one that died.
4: I'd
0: assume the family would be, like, ostracized after that.
1: Well, they they were already living, like, isolated. Like, they were already mm. outcasts. So I think that they were already, you know... Living that life. Living under the radar.
2: Uh, remind me... Are you supposed to, like, put a bullet in Black Ash? Or, or was there something with Ash you told us in the first episode?
1: I don't remember. I
0: mean, you got to go listen to the first <laughs> yeah, episode. Guys, give me a minute. I'll be right back. I, gotta...
2: <clears throat> I feel like that's a thing. But anyway.
1: Yeah, I, th- I just think it's, I mean, they're human. Ultimately, so if you can do anything to injure a human, then you would injure them.
2: Yeah. When he was caught in the trap, was he in the form of a human or...
1: I think he was in his animal form,
2: Mm.
1: Um, and then he must have just shaped out of it. Because in the first episode, my grandmother came up against the skinwalker too, and she shot it, and she was able to get its hoof. And then the next morning, she found it. It was human parts of a human foot.
0: Yo, are there women skinwalkers?
1: Yes, we were talking about this with my brother earlier today, and he thinks they're, they're like more scarier than men, because <laughs> women are vicious. Like, I think women are a whole other level of creatures. So, I think they're yeah, there are oh women.
2: My
0: gosh. Like, I mean, you never hear about them. You
3: don't. They're just better than the men. Yeah, guys <laughs> the are, are better reckless. at it. They don't <laughs> get caught in
1: only
4: traps. The, only the
2: men
0: ones are dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's
2: a whole new level of fear that like. We have not considered. No, uh, well, perfect.
4: I've
1: heard stories before, like um, like their skinwalker women who eat babies.
4: Oh shit!
1: Who <gasps> like desecrate graves and eat the they eat the bodies and things like that.
2: This is kind of crazy, but that's uh. Oh,
1: that. and they have, and they're scarier because they have longer hair. So they'll put the, like the hair in like in front of their face. And, oh my goodness! Mm, oh. It's creepy.
2: That oh. theme though is like throughout civilizations all over like specifically eating babies like there's gods in japan there's gods in like middle eastern cultures that like it's like a woman eating a baby, like a mesopotamian demon i can't remember which one but its role it's a woman is to feast upon children and so like you talk about becoming a skinwalker you like start a relationship with an with an evil entity or whatever but it might very well be like that one like Mesopotamian culture and demons are like so old; they're like the very first things, and people say they are like kind of at the root of like still everything. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. I'm drawing parallels that might not be so there, but it's dogs. just crazy hearing similar similar yeah. themes throughout so many cultures. That story is like the first one I've heard of like someone trying to like home alone a skinwalker, like you know what <laughs> like I mean, like actively, aircraft. yeah, like okay, we like got
3: cameras, up. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's it because it's I don't know, maybe it's to some people it might sound funny or like, you know, like it but it's like these things happen, like that yeah. that, that should be like a, a like a tip off to people like if people are setting up cameras and are like traps and things and these are like grown people who are sane. Mm-hmm. Like this is a real thing. Like mm-hmm. it happens and it happens across the board.
2: And even if like we wanna play I don't, I don't know the right term, but like, let's say nothing paranormal, nothing supernatural is happening. At the very least, it's still like this person believes it, that person believes it, and they're still like acting as if it's real. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> regardless if like there isn't, it's like it's still scary. It's still way scary to have someone like come into your home and mess with you. Oh. No, for sure. Uh, it does.
0: Going a little further with my fantastic questions with like types of skinwalkers is it possible f- f- to be i guess kind of like born a skinwalker like if you had a male and a female skinwalker oh my gosh <laughs> have a child and they I, raised them as like a skinwalker. Does that make sense?
1: You know, I don't know their full society. <laughs> I'm not one. <laughs> I wonder if <they, laughs> there
4: was any stories. Like, I,
1: I think, um, I, I think honestly, they probably would eat the baby, because oh. it's a responsibility. Like, why would you want a responsibility? Why would you want something Ooh. to tie you down? Yeah, they're selfish. So it's like. You probably would sacrifice the baby because it's the thing you love. More bones. Oh my gosh. To carry your power.
0: Skinwalkers aren't like falling in love with each other.
1: Yeah, or this, um, yeah. Or, or like U turn is, yeah, I don't think that they are that level.
0: And I like swiping on a Skinwalker <laughs> yeah. app or something. <laughs> not trying to fight each other. <laughs> Skinwalkers only. She's lazy one to go on long walks
1: well there's a documentary i um i remember my friends used to my um they sell at some trading posts in Flagstaff in areas where this person actually tried to make a documentary about skinwalkers and i heard it was okay
2: navajo person or yeah
1: it was like a like, it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, it looks corny, but I guess a couple of my friends, I remember in high school, watched it, and they're like, yeah, it's kind of legit. Like, it's... What? Like, they crawl into, like, these caves, and they try to find where they Bro, live. we need to and,
2: watch it. Do you know what it's called? I don't I'll
1: remember, but I remember it was sold on DVD for a while, so it might not even be in circulation anymore.
2: Oh, my goodness. If you're listening and you know what it's called, you know where to get a copy. Hit us up.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: We
0: need to see it. Yeah. Keep them coming,
1: um, Lynn. Response: My sister, did you want to tell some, or are you good? Sure,
2: I can. Oh, you what? Dude, some? take my spot. No, actually, my chair is
0: really yeah. uncomfortable. You can come. Okay. No, no, no. Are you sure? I want, I want both the sure? sisters on. Are both sisters? Yeah. Okay, let's figure
5: this
2: out. Are you sure? I can, I yeah. can both. All right, I can.
5: Give us no, they, I me coming in. You like, guys
4: sure? Yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Really course. quick, really
2: quick. One second, listeners. Give us uh, one second. We're gonna reset up so we can get one more person in here. So it's Lynn, right? Yeah. It's Lynn. All right, guys. <laughs> we are uh, blessed with Sister Lynn. She's going to come on and share a couple stories, I guess.
5: Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited. Shall I just start then?
2: Sure. Unless you want to like introduce yourself or anything you want. like. Oh,
5: okay. Well, I'm Lynn, Leah's sister. Um, we are very close and we look very much alike, <laughs> almost yeah. like twins. But, um, Growing up, Leah was, like, my protector. Actually, all my siblings were. So a lot of the horrific, scary stuff that we went through, I was asleep <laughs> the majority of them.
4: Yep. On
2: the first episode, there's a story and you're like, my little sister literally slept. So you're the sleeping sister.
5: <laughs> I'm the sleeping sister. Heck yeah. Every, you. Ka- <laughs> yeah. every time the chaos came down, like, let her sleep. <laughs> Don't wake her up.
1: She's yeah. going to get hysterical. She's going <laughs> to cry.
5: Yeah, that was me. I was the weenie the family <laughs> but um a story I have is like I I didn't really go through a lot of the things that my sibling or saw the things that my siblings been through but I heard them and my brother we were at dinner today and he was talking about where we grew up he's like yeah I, when we would come home from college me and Leah would hear knocking on the windows I'd see something like run outside or like there were snakes in our house and they would we would kill them. We're like, how'd these get in our house? And we just like, eh, just normal things on the res. But growing up, and then we were talking about it. We're like, yeah, this is not normal. <laughs> I think this is witchcraft stuff. But we're like, we're always with that intent of like, we're not afraid. And we're not going to give in to their little tactics. And I could think as kids, we're like, eh, like, it's not something we're scared of. Leah had, oh, I got all my courage, I think, throughout the years was because I was always with my siblings. Every scary story, I was either asleep among with my siblings (laughs) or I was with my parents. So when my oldest sister, Jenna, went and she got married and she started her own family, Leah went to college and my brother went on his mission. I was truly alone with my parents. And my dad um, would work different jobs around um, the country. So he would be gone most of the time, too. So it was just me and my mom and my mom worked as a doormaid in Holbrook, Arizona at a um for well, Leah's a little bit clear of what a dorm is or oh yeah
1: so on the they call them in the these border towns um along the reservation so Holbrook is a border town and a lot of the native kids want to go to school at these public schools off the reservation cuz they tend to be better um so they build these Dormitories that they can live and then go to school. So my mom was a dorm aide, so she helped take care of those of uh, the native kids when when they were there. And she would work long shifts, so she would start at like in the evening and do night duty. So that's the setting. Is my mom was working night duty as a dorm aide.
5: Yeah. So I believe she worked till like three a. three a.m. that morning, and for some weird reason, um, she caught a ride to Holbrook somehow. I don't remember the reason. But she said, um, "I need you to come pick me up in Holbrook," and um, I was a little nervous because I was new to driving, and also the road there during the road res- we're deep in the reservation, so there's no street lights. There's going to be no one else on the road. I was so nervous.
0: And how long of a drive?
5: It's about 80 miles to Ooh. Holbrook. Um, it's a good it's a good drive.
4: Just down the road. <laughs> yeah, no, down the road. I wish.
5: But, um, I, I remember I was like, I'll leave at midnight and, oh, that night was a full moon. <laughs> so and it, it wasn't windy. It was just still, I remember it. And, um, I had made myself dinner and there's, it's just silent. I remember it was just so silent. and Every time something moved outside, I like tensed up <laughs> or like I got ready to like fight <laughs> or every time the dog barked, I'm like, it's barking at like a lizard. It's barking at another dog. Like, calm down. You just. Be, you're gonna be okay and so I remember 12, 12 o'clock came and I grabbed the keys and I said I'm just gonna run to the the vehicle and then I'm just gonna take off and are, so are
2: you normally this tense or was this like special like something was different
5: I it I it, I think it was normal but I also just just tense because this is the first time I ever spent alone at this oh. house by myself in the middle of the night with none of my family nearby
0: so you're psyched out so
5: I'm psyched out but I'm like I have a duty. I have to get my mom. Like, we gotta do it. There's no one else who could do it. So, I run out to the vehicle and I forgot to turn off the lights. And I was like, forget it. So I just like yeah. drive off. And so I'm playing George Strait, and I'm just trying to calm down. And there's this part to the turn off the Holbrook. And my siblings are getting mad at me. They're like, why'd you take that turn off? Why didn't you just go through Winslow through the nice freeway? It's faster. It's safer. But I went through like the back back road. <laughs> Cause I was new to driving and I didn't want to get on the freeway. Horrible decisions were made that night, but I remember I was going like 55 <laughs> on a 60 like, mile road and um, the sides of the roads, you had to be careful because they were so skinny and if you didn't concentrate, then you could swerve off because mm. the sand was so fine on the side of the road. And so oh, I'm shaking thinking of this and I, um, I was driving. I was concentrating. And I saw someone, a thing up ahead. And I was like, I think that's a coyote or or something. But I was getting scared. Lo and behold, it's a person walking on the side of the road. And um, (laughs) my mom's voice, I'm a new driver. So she's like, if you see someone on the road, slow down and go to the side slowly. So I... My brother's like, you're supposed to speed up. I'm like, no. (laughs) I slow down and I go to the side slowly and I'm like looking at them and they have long black hair and they're just walking. And I was like, should I look? I was like, I don't. I, I was like, don't look at them. Don't look at them. Just go. So I sped up to like 60, 65 and I just took off. And I remember, I was like, I'm so glad I didn't look back because I just know that that person had an evil face. Or just, why are they out walking like that? I don't understand. So, got my mom, told her about it. She's like, Well, I'll drive back, and we didn't see anything. So that was the only like scary moment I've ever had in my life. Yeah. But that was that. That was the end of that. And not until I came back to Utah. Um I I think I told Leah about it. I could I could look right in my second story right and Yeah.
4: <laughs> <done>.
5: <laughs> so the second time it was like I I've never had that was the scariest paranormal act, or skinwalker experience I ever had. I don't even think it was a skinwalker. It was just probably a weird guy, but after hearing all the stories my sisters and brothers went through, I was like, "Man, I've never really I'm so glad I've never experienced it." But there was one night I think something was going on with mom and dad at home, right? with scary stuff, skinwalker stuff. And I went to sleep and I had a dream. And this dream, uh, Leah and I were home and my parents were asleep. And I remember, it was so real. I remember waking up and the lights were still on. I think me and Leah are watching a movie. And Leah Leah says, we have to go turn off the lights in the living room and lock the doors. And I remember feeling the sense of dread. I was like, I don't, I don't want to because the houses and uh, the windows in our houses were didn't have shutters. They had um, little sheets that closed it to give privacy, but those sheets were see-through. So even if you did close it, it was still creepy. So I was like, I don't I don't want to go out there. She goes, well, come out into our little tiny hall and just wait. And then I'm going to run. and <laughs> I'm going to chop the TV, but just stay there. And so I was like, okay, because on the way to the room, you pass the kitchen and this kitchen has a huge window and that window wasn't covered. And so Leah, I saw Leah run and I was like waiting and she's standing there and she's like, I'm scared. There's something in that window. And I said, no, 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 Leah, there's nothing in that window. She's like, I'm not running back. Like Lynn, look, I was like, no, I don't want to look. Just like, look. And so I peek out and sure, like, my, I felt like I was going to throw up in the dream. There's something at the window going like this. And it had the nastiest yellow teeth and red eyes and claws and the nastiest hair. And it growled. And it broke the window. And I, I woke up screaming. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was just trying to calm down. And I, I didn't want to wake up Leah because she had work the next day. But I remember just sitting there like, what did I, what did I just see? And I don't know, I just had this deep sense of like, I feel like I was meant to see that back on the res as a younger child, but some greater force was like, no, you're not going to see it. But it was just a tinge of like, that's what's out there. That's mm. what's real but i couldn't go back to sleep because every time i closed my eyes i saw its face and its growl and it wasn't even like an it was an animal growl but had a man it was in like an ugly man's voice and so to go back to the fear i was like i've never been scared but i think that was that my turn that dream was to tell me are you going to be afraid or what are you going to do so i visual- visualized every time i closed my eyes i saw the face so to combat it i was like okay you're going to go out there and tell that thing to go away. This is your chance. <laughs> so in my dream, I went out there and I snatched its ugly fur off and I told it to go away. And from then on, I think the fear has been leave- relieved. So every time I go home now, you know, I'm like 25 and I'm still afraid to go to that house by myself. <laughs> but now I have like a new found strength to go back and be like, I'm not afraid.
4: Ooh, yeah. That's
0: really cool. And You've never had that dream since? No.
2: Have they been known to ever, like, manipulate dreams or, like, do you think that was from the skinwalker or from, like, something else that's, like, giving you an experience so that you knew you had that knowledge?
5: I think it was more of my fear. Mm. I think it was more of, like, my sisters are very... courageous (laughs) courageous things <laughs> and they've always I feel like they always fought my battles of like we're not gonna let Lynn see this we're gonna let her sleep through it <laughs>
2: so, so that was your battle
5: I think that was my battle of like you always sleeping asleep. so I had yeah. to be a dream <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I've never faced it so that's I think it was so like funny you gotta face it some way or another because <laughs> you can't keep doing this
2: that's funny we believe you know God will speak to us and how we'll understand and that's unique for everyone so you always sleep and he was like all right I gotta give you a dream.
4: (laughs)
0: Wake you up. This sparked a uh, a question that I have that's uh, pure ignorance. (laughs) So forgive me, but uh, are dream catchers authentic? No, no, (gasps) they're not. Where they come? Where does that that come from?
1: Um, It's a white. Well, I mean, I think some tribes believed in it, but it's become so commercialized that it's like it's it's. No, like it's, so, it's it's like lost its meaning. Like I'm pretty sure that it had like a really significant sacred meaning than what it is now.
0: So um, at one point, dream catchers were used by some tribes. It,
1: yeah, but as the dream catcher today, like that, it's just like a it's a thing you sell in a like gas station. Yeah. yeah, it's just. It's lost its significance. People, we you know, pe- girls get tattoos of it, and yeah. not knowing the
0: sacredness of it. But do, so natives don't use it today.
1: Well, I guess I rephrase my no. <laughs> um, I no. I, I don't know natives that use them.
2: Okay. Is there any other myths like that that like people are like, oh, this is that you want to
1: Yeah, I think um I think that dreams um is something that a lot of people hold as sacred. Um, and it's, I don't know how to explain it. Like if we're talking about that land, um, that connection to the land, and it's also not just the land, it's connection to animals. It's connection to the water and, in the earth. It's, 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 it's like the whole life. It's, it's a concept in Navajo that's called Hojon, which is you're in harmony with everything. And so, and so I feel like, yeah, there's like this whole another level of like subconsciousness and, and things in and consciousness and things like that. Um, and then dreams go along with that because mm-hmm. I, I think that if you don't mind me telling another story, go this ahead. is mine yeah. <laughs> specifically because it kind of taps into that. It's not skinwalker related, but it is tapping into that like dream. You know, there's another level of supernatural going on. So I remember when I was 16, there's a there's a grocery store about like 30, 20, 30 minutes away from our house. And it's the one grocery store for like the next 40, 50 miles. Like it's, if you really need to go get groceries, you go get it at this store. And, um, we went at like, um, me and my brother, I was 16, I think he was 18. And we both went at like eight at eight at night and we were driving. I was driving and there's a, there's a random stop sign and I stopped and then I started accelerating. And I remember it very clearly. I would hit 50 because I was watching the car accelerate the odometer and it hit 50. And then we hear this loud, loud bang on the windshield. And I was, and I mean, my brother freaked out. We're like what was that? Cause there's no houses around. There's nobody on the road. And I thought it was a brick. I thought somebody had thrown a brick at the windshield. Um, But my brother goes, but the windshield's not broken. Um, So we get, so he says, do not stop. Like number one, rule number one, don't stop. Keep going. till we get to the, the grocery store. So we get to the grocery store and we're trying to figure like, what was that? And it was a little owl that was in the hood of, right where it hit. It hit in the hood and it got caught in that. You know, when you lift up the hood, there's a little crack. It got caught in there. And we were trying to, and it was still alive. And I felt so bad. My brother's like, I don't want to, we were so dumb. We're like, we don't want to take it out. Like we're so, we felt, we didn't, you know, we just felt bad. So we're like, let's just go home. So we like drove home (laughs) with a little owl in the, um, the, we're stressed out at this point. So we drove home and we run in and we tell my mom, uh, oh, there's, a, there's an owl. It's, 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 it's stuck in the windshield and it's still moving. And so at that point at the house that we lived in, my aunt lives right next door. So there's like, there's, two, there's three houses and it's, and that's a lot of houses on the res are kind of the same way where, you know, we have grandpa living here, the uncles. So it's like, you're all in one place. Um, so we called over my aunt cause she was like, Oh, what's the commotion? And, she, when she immediately saw that owl, she freaked out. She's like, put it down. Don't touch it. And cause we grew up in a, a Christian background. And so she said, drop the owl, don't touch it. And so she dropped, we, we said, okay. So we, we put the owl down and she said, watch the direction it hops away in. And so we're like, oh. I was just like, I just, I just like this poor thing's going to die. And so she goes. No, you have to. And so she was watching the direction, like it hopped, and I think it went, for either to the, to the towards the north or the east. I forgot. But directions in Navajo culture are very important. Like the sun rises in the you know the east and the west, and it, they're sacred uh, directions. And so she, so we watched the owl hop away. And then she was really, like, upset and, like, really, she could t- tell she was, like, kind of put out. And so my mom, and then she left, and she's like, I, I got to go home. So we, she's like, I'm going back to my house. So she left, and we're like, Mom, what the heck just happened? And she's like, well, like, in traditional ways, like, the owl is a symbol of death. Like, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's tied to that. And so she's like, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. Just go to sleep. And so like life went on. I went to school and and then two weeks later, my dad and my mom came to talk to me. And so my dad is not um he's more traditional. He doesn't like he's not a Christian like we are. And so he um he told me that so he my aunt was really upset that I had it hit an owl so she was worried, worried about me. So she and my dad in that, that point that, that, that my, in the first episode, I had this, um, encounter with this, this other skinwalker. So I had that encounter and then I had this Powell thing. So my, my aunt's like, her soul's in danger. Like there's something going on to her. Um, so then they go to a medicine man and I don't know that this is going on. I have no idea. My mom, requested that my par- my dad and my aunt don't didn't tell me until they you know my mom thought it was appropriate so they went to this medicine man and they told her yeah like my niece my you know my daughter saw this thing and then she 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 you know ran into an owl and so they're like what does it mean and so the medicine man was telling my and some of them will like um you know tell the future through different means and so he was saying oh the owl, the, your daughter was supposed to die that night. And so the owl died and gave its life for your daughter. And so she was like, like she was, like I was protected by something. And then, and he goes, and, and she, she's special. Like she, She can see things. She's connected to that because she, this person who came to her, you know, she caught them. Like I was the one that was awake. I was the one that witnessed that whole thing. I was the one that alerted my family of what was happening. And he's like, she, she has a connection and she has like a strong medicine. Like she, um, like she knows these things They, They, like she's sensitive to it. And the owl knew that and knew that she should be alive. And so it gave its life for her. And so I was like, huh, like, I just like thought about that. I was like, okay, um, I don't know. I just kind of like toyed with that. And, and I've kind of, and I kind of believe that as I've like analyzed my life, I've kind of like, okay, yeah, I can see that because I've like most of the, like the, the things that happen in our home, they've happened to me or like, I'm the one that saw it. I'm the one that heard it Um, like at night. I remember when I was a teen, like when I was like eighteen, I came home from college. It was me and my brother were sleeping at the same house. My parents never move. <laughs> like we're at this. <laughs> all this stuff happens. We're at the same house, <laughs> and um, I was sleeping and I heard like it was a windy night and I heard singing. The wind was carrying singing, and I heard it. And my brother went out and like checked and like I like I hear these things and I'm sensitive to it, but. But, like, it, for a long time, like, it took – people didn't believe me. Or my mom would be like, oh, you're making that up. But after that my whole thing with the medicine and my dad, they're like, oh, okay, we can see it. Um, we can see, like, how, like, you're, like, you can – and not, like, a sixth – I guess it's, like, a sixth sense in a way where it's, like, I, I'm sensitive to that kind of stuff. And um, I guess that's why I like scary stories. Like, I love hearing it. I love – I'm drawn to these kinds of things, so – that's kind of like my background, I guess. Huh.
5: I always trust Lee's instincts because there was this one time we were eating dinner and I'm just enjoying dinner, like nothing. I'm not sensitive to anything. And she goes, I think there's someone outside. And I like, I'm like, I'm near, I'm already crying. I'm like, stop it. And she's like and she just runs up and she slams the door and locks it. And I like run back to my, like I run back to my mom's room and I just like, mom, there's something on She's like, stop it, stop it. And <laughs> sure enough, we hear like a huge doom doon, on the door. And we're like, ah, we all start screaming. And we're like, What's that's right. But it was just a couple people passing by that got kicked out and needed someplace to stay. But her instincts are on point. I trust it so much. <laughs> it scares me too, though. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's like little things like that yeah. mm. that happen to us but it's, it's more to me it's like <laughs> me and my mom proud of all the family.
2: I think we've talked about it, but there are just certain people who seem to be like on the right frequency or whatever but they it, it attracts them right mm-hmm. Yeah we have one friend like Kevin, I feel like is like that uh, Then just certain people I've met like my aunt has so many different experiences. And it seems to like always find her in a way, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's like, I fully believe that I fully believe some people are more attracted, but mm. um, you once threw it out there. You're like, you guys should come down to the res. Yeah. Does that offer still stand?
1: Yes. <laughs> it's like, like, I feel like this story, to be honest, these stories that I'm, we're telling you are like mild. Like there are wild stories. Like I told you, I'm not going to tell them because they're not mine to tell, but like they are like gnarly, like they are full on descriptions, fate, like what these skinwalkers look like, what they do and their ceremonies and the way that they, they, you know, in intricate detail by people who've witnessed it or, you know, who've heard it from medicine men and different things like that. So you guys are always welcome to come down and we'll find you the right people. Oh my
3: goodness.
5: And it's also really scary when you're outside near a campfire mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, well, you guys can sleep outside. We're going to go inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You guys so we're know? working on it.
4: Yeah.
5: It, it, it It's so fun, but it's scary. terrifying. It's
4: terrifying. It's yeah. the best feeling. <laughs> best
2: feeling.
0: Oh man. Uh, I want to ask about something you brought up on the last episode, and I think that's it for me, but. You talked about how your grandma was a well-known medicine medicine woman?
1: No, medicine so man? she wasn't, but my her father, my great-grandfather was. Was a well-known medicine man. Mm-hmm. And women ty- typically are not medicine women. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. But one of the reasons why they were more well-known is because they knew more songs than other medicine men
1: i think yeah so i think a lot of it depends on um because it it's almost like a religion like it's mm-hmm. it's um you have all these songs and these ceremonies and all these different things and and you have to get it right and it's they like a lot of them do sand paintings if you ever google navajo sand paintings that's another healing and there's crystal they look into crystals and they can heal using crystals and tell the future or different things like that. Um and those are things that are ancient that are originating from years and years and years. So you to be a medicine man you need to know those things. And my grand my great grandfather was well known because he knew a lot of those um ceremonies and songs in their original form. Like mm-hmm. in their he paid a lot of attention to that. Um, His knowledge of ceremonies was very, um, like very thorough. And he learned from really good people who, who were also, you know, well-known. And also I think medicine men, it's, it also goes along with the people and how much people believe in them. So back in the day, like, a lot of people stuck to their cultures and the traditions. So, of course, like, they, you know, they um, used them, but I think it's different nowadays because a lot of people, like, we're, we are Christian, me and my sister, and so we weren't raised with ceremonies or songs yeah. like that. So I think it just, it just is diverse over time.
0: So I, I was mostly curious about, like, what types of songs there are. And then you started talking about, like, Physical objects, whether it's sand painting, or like crystals, like I'd assume there's gotta be ones for, you know, the opposite of healing, like songs to hurt or curse. Is that a thing, or is that a wild, stupid assumption? No,
1: I I think I mean I like I said I I don't know them. Like I can't tell you the names. But, I, like, from what I understand, skinwalkers, like, have their own code. Like, they have their own ceremonies. They have their own rites of passages. They have their own songs because it's an ancient form. Like, it's witchcraft. They're called witches. So, in most witches that I've, that I've know of, they, you know, they have a hierarchy or society or, or things that they, they subscribe to. So I'm pretty sure that there are evil songs that they sing and to bring their power and to make their oaths and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's it.
0: So, uh, did you guys have your own character system? Like,
1: we written
0: or was it all oral? It's
1: all most of it's oral. Um, the United States government. I don't know if you guys know what code talkers are. The Navajo um, code talkers. Yeah. Um, so there, they used the Navajo language during World War II to they writ, wrote it into a code, and it was used at the Battle of Iwo Jima and more in the in the Pacific to turn the the favor into the United States, and that's how they a lot of it's how they won the wars using the Navajo language. And at that point, that's when it, I think that's when it started to be more in written form because they needed it to be. Hmm. Um, but before that, um, there's there's like ancient signs and different things like that but it's not like I don't think it's like a written out like you know alphabet. alphabet yeah
0: and that's probably why it was so like another reason why it was so important to preserve your culture and to be together because you needed to literally be there to listen to probably your elders to learn yes like you couldn't go to the library you know <laughs> if you're living across the country away from your family to learn about it
1: yeah yeah Yeah. 100% and um. yeah, You. it's a lot of it. And it's not just like stories, but it's your family history. Like we have clans, like there's clan systems, and that's how you like you knew who you are. So that's, goes in that goes to that too. Wow.
0: Incredible. Oh, thank you so much.
4: Yeah. I have
2: one quick question. Mm-hmm. So when my mom lived on the res, she said she moved there. And I think she was named after the boys' mom it was joe uh so mama joe she said someone had passed away in the house and she said that they couldn't go or like sleep or go into the house for a year is that a thing you've ever heard of
1: yes yeah, so navajos um a lot of it a, a lot of things are um like a lot of Taboo. Yeah, there's a lot of taboos, a lot of superstitions, and a lot of um, like for example, death is one thing that is like you don't talk about it.
4: Oh, okay. Death,
1: death is like, um, it can be seen as like it's it's like when a person dies, you're technically supposed to burn the house. You're supposed to burn everything that uh, their belongings. You don't you don't wear it. Like you don't keep momentums. You you burn where they live. So you always want to have the person who's dying die in the house because wherever they were, then you got to get rid of that. Uh. Um, Like when my grandma died, um, they rented her a whole – they they didn't burn it down, but they like rented her a whole separate trailer so she could pass away in it so it wouldn't be in somebody else's house
4: because
1: they don't – because it's death is seen as like you – when someone dies, they die, and you don't want to call that to you. So some people will say, and not like I said, it the, the traditions differ across the reservation. So some people may say, like wait a year because we need the house. So don't you know, don't go in there. But typically, you do want to show some side of respect when a person passed away.
2: Gotcha. Like, okay.
0: Is it what's traditional for Navajos? Like, do you bury your dead? Do you cremate? Or
1: well, back in the day, yeah, they would put them in the houses and burn them with it. um And, but nowadays we bury them. Um, And I think it's, it's just changed as the world has gotten more modern. Mm
2: -hmm. Is there reservation or Navajo slang? Yes. Yes, there (laughs) is.
1: Go ahead, Lynn. Go ahead, (laughs) teach him. (laughs)
5: Um, I need to be conversing.
1: So a lot, one thing is called, it's A, A, you just take the A and you stretch it
2: out. A- like, like, that's all you say, or is like, you just say, middle? A, like, A, A?
1: like, oh. oh man, you guys are so funny. Hey, like, you just like, it's like,
5: oh, almost oh, all sick.
1: A? You? yeah.
5: <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, okay.
1: and and they add S's to the end of everything, like, what wood is woods, sheep is sheep's. Um, so you add S at the end of everything.
2: Polly's kind of do that, yeah, like they'd call me Eldest Hatch. Like on my mission, Elder yeah. Hatch, but yeah, like we're Elder's Hatch,
4: Elder's
1: <laughs> Hatch, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Skoden is like, let's fight, like oh,
4: Skoden. Wow. Let's
0: go then. Is that what it is?
1: Skoden. Yeah, let's go. But it's Skoden. Stoodis. Yeah, Skoden. Stu is like Stoodis. Skoden. Like you want to fight? Let's go. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's
0: a com-
5: there's one there's a joke that we like to do me and Leah about Breaking Dawn, like the Twilight movie. Oh, we're like we're like, oh. We're gonna go watch. Bre- oh, Dad! We're gonna go watch Breaking Dawn. He goes, "Oh, oh, you're broke down. Okay, I'll come get you." Right? No, we're gonna go watch Breaking Dawn. He's Breaking like, "Oh, Dawn. I know you're broke down." <laughs> That's John.
1: Yeah, it's like Resi Navajo um, talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little better. <laughs> yeah, she's better at it.
4: That's
1: funny. I mean, we could like we'll we'll do it without thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I
5: get stronger when we get back home. But my dad. Really good at it. He'll be telling a story. He'd be like, "Her and her went down to that house, and then and he came back. It was all weird." And we're like my mom would be like, "Him, he, hey. he, he went down to us. Yeah, that that boy, that guy. What did he look like? Oh no, yeah, he
4: doesn't even."
5: Like, oh, she's all she's all wishing. Like meaning like, oh she's just wishing she's all that. Yeah. Bad. That's so funny. <laughs> or like, is that is that is that we always like like to kid, like if Leah's waiting in the car, I like to like pretend I'm like like Someone
1: trying to get in when they're like, hey, where are you going? Oh, okay, i just jump in. I'll jump right out. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's just, it. it's funny.
4: Yeah.
2: Randomly, Sean will be like either watching something or like family will come around and he'll just slip right into a Southern drawl. <laughs> and then when DJ's back home, he'll start speaking pigeon all of
0: a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I'll flip the switch. Yeah. We were at a, a few years ago. We were at a restaurant, a sushi joint. And, uh, um all the waiters were were japanese and uh we were getting along with them and he comes to me and he's like what do you want so i order and i'm like i want i know philly a vegas and uh godzilla <laughs> and he brings it out and uh he brings me my philly and vegas and a soda I'm like what is this and uh he said, oh, COG-ZERO. <laughs> I said code 0 but I said Godzilla. <laughs> uh, language is funny. <laughs> that is funny.
5: The other thing we say, we say, ee we like, if we find something funny, ee Or Yeah. We make fun of people who are prepared for oh. Some weird reason, yeah, <laughs> or like, like, hey, y'all showed up with like gloves, hey. like, just make fun of people if they're prepared, but you're
2: secretly jealous.
5: <laughs> yeah, oh,
2: she I all... want some gloves. Yeah.
5: Oh, she all put on her seatbelt, dang, all safe. <laughs> 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 hey,
2: what
4: are
5: you tired? I gonna drive crazy. Hey. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like it picks like... up off on each other, we just yeah. tease each other,
1: and now was... so, are like naturally rude, like a funny, like we were talking about this, like na- Native Americans are like seen as like stoic, serious people. And we yeah. are like, we're really quiet, but um we're humorous people. Like we love to laugh. We love to joke. And we, and we we love to roast people. So like if you uh. are,
4: Oh dude, that's, that's this podcast. <laughs> this is how it goes. It's like, yeah. that's
1: how native is. Like if you have a native friend and they're roasting you and their family's roasting you, like, you know, you're in, you're yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We talk about it all the time, but it's like, it's a way of like showing you love someone enough to like you trust there's trust so it's like oh i'm just gonna make fun of like the worst thing about yeah. you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh and, i love that that's and beautiful and it's
1: like if someone can't take a joke it's like ugh, gross oh. like get away from me yeah, <laughs> yeah. you weed out the yeah, the yeah losers like, mm. yeah. yeah our
5: dad's super good we were actually talking about today because we we're planning like a real fancy christmas dinner and we've never had a fancy christmas dinner and leo was like i said how are you gonna dress leo's like i'm just gonna wear a nice shirt and i was like oh i'm gonna get all dressed up i'm gonna nightwear a nice dress and leah's like i could just imagine dad saying where are you going <laughs> <laughs> why are you dressed up yeah. <laughs> just like that
2: you got a nice dress what did you guys okay so like y- it's true i think um common perception is like stoic serious and just like uh, there's even a joke on like um not the office; it's the one that you heckle. Parks like. and Rec. Parks and Rec, where it's just like everything a Native American person says, like a white person, like takes it as like like mystical scripture. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, have you guys? It's seen a strong wind today. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Wendy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: But have you seen the show? Uh, Reservoir Dogs? Is that what is the new show? On Reservation who? Dogs. Reservation yeah. Dogs. I Did you guys watch that? that? Do you have any <laughs> thoughts on it? Have
1: you seen that one? I haven't seen it.
5: Um it's new and I I liked it, but I was we were more of like the old like my parents showed us like old movies like oh. um Dreamkeeper. And that was our time. And so we're more of it. like we're more of like that kind of humor oh. and that kind of time.
1: Like I'm pretty sure Reservation Dogs is great um but there's a diff uh, and i'm i may be ruffling some feathers if native people um i think there's a difference between urban natives and mm. reserve you know natives that grew up on the reservation um and i think in my opinion from what i'm hearing people give me feedback on reservation dogs is that taps more into like these Native Americans who didn't grow up on the reservation. Ah. and So
2: different experience. There's diff- like yeah. Different and humor that comes with that. Yeah.
1: And there's just like a different, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's just different. Like it's, and I feel like from what I hear, like that's reservation dogs is kind of tap is like that, mm. like the city natives, the urban natives and they're trying to, so it's not relatable to some Native Americans. Cause that's not what we grew up totally. doing. Cause it's, t- it could be two different things. Mm.
2: But there is a character on there he shows up you kind of think he's gonna be stoic and like give you wisdom but he just cracks jokes all the whole time he's super <laughs> silly and so it was like the first time i saw like that side you know what i mean but yeah. but that's true yeah like yeah. there's there's
1: yeah. people like you think that they're mean or like they're
2: you're like oh no like be, be quiet and, like, yeah be reverent and then they just like yeah
1: yeah, they're fun. They're the funniest. That was, that was our grandma. She was scary.
5: I really? was scared of my grandma. Just like
2: <laughs> out of like respect and out stuff. Out of
5: respect, uh, even though I was just scared of her because <laughs> she was so strong. But then, yeah, she was a funny lady. Like she knew when to crack jokes and just make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny.
3: I love yeah.
2: that. Cool. Any other questions? I'm glad yeah. we got some lingo in. <laughs> <laughs> What's like the best Navajo food? That was yeah. That's the important that. stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: I think um I mean to be real honest with you, our traditional foods, we were just trying to make it we we're just trying to live so it's things like squash and like deer meat and corn corn and, and there's there's not really a lot of flavors to it. Mm. Like it's it's kinda bland. Come at me a lot of oh. times. I you know people are gonna say it, but I'm just gonna say
4: it. Well, I, I say know. the
0: same thing about polynesian food i think a lot of polynesian food is bland just because there's not a lot of spices yeah. in polynesia mm-hmm. to cook with same it was same just here. sea salt yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's it like yeah no yeah. variation <laughs> in flavor so it was like
1: yeah, yeah. cool well so like people will s- like that's traditional foods mm-hmm. but then there's things like fry bread like that's really good and people were like oh fry bread fry bread but, <laughs> but my, it's not yeah but in my opinion well fry bread so the Navajos, when the, gov- the U.S. government was trying to relocate them to, you know, these different camps and stuff like that, and like the 1800s, they were, you, they have these group of people you had to feed them, so they were giving them flour. But the the Navajo people don't know what it is; they never had flour, mm-hmm. so a lot of people were eating it and they were starving, and they would die, because they're never they're int- introducing this whole new food into their system, and they're mm-hmm. just eating flour; they don't know what to do with it, so a lot of them are dying. And then eventually, like, the soldiers' wives were showing them this is how you make it. You add, mm. you know, baking powder and water, and then you get fry bread. Mm. So that's my beef with fry bread. And people are like, well, it's you know, it's our culture, not in fry bread. And it's like, well, how do we get it? Like, right, it's not a yeah. traditional food.
2: It's almost like a symbol of, like, yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm not a fan of fry bread, but I, I know a lot of people like it. And Avoto tacos are like a – there's, like, little rivalries between the tribes. So Navajo Navajos make the best fry bread and I'm saying it cuz I'm Navajo. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> pull up. So for a while they banned cuz a lot of uh, like powwows and things like, you know, across different reservations across the country, they were calling them Navajo tacos, but the Navajos weren't making them. Hmm. So they banned hmm. they officially banned you can't call them Navajo tacos. <laughs> you have to call them Indian tacos. What? because they were mad that Navajos were doing it better.
4: Oh,
2: they salty. <laughs> they were salty. That's funny. Wait, can I ask a ignorant question? There's been a lot of like... She didn't say yes, bro. Yeah, you're right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> May I? Yes. <laughs>
2: What's up with like the preferred name? Cause you hear Indian, you hear Native American, like First Nation, you know what I mean? Like uh, at least in the circles, that i'm in and i hear it's like all of a sudden like this isn't allowed or this is preferred or like don't say that you know what i'm saying yeah so it's like what are your thoughts on that
1: personally i um i think it's obviously it's up to the person that you're talking to um but i don't like indian Mm -hmm. i don't like that because originally christopher columbus thought he found india So he calls you know we were called Indians.
2: Isn't it so weird it just like stayed? Yeah. (laughs) What? What?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I don't so I don't like Indian or American Indian. I prefer native. Mm -hmm. Um but what about you, Lynn? What do you think?
5: Um yeah, I my dad always said that he's like, We're not Indian, we're Native American. So Native American, indigenous, won't be fancy, (laughs) dine. But (laughs) that's like I mean, like, I won't be offended if you won't call me Dinah, because like, you have to grow up knowing the culture language. So I'm not that type of person to jump on to someone who makes a mistake. So, yeah, I, sh- I just, I'm more really impressed with someone if they ask me. Oh, I think it's like with anyone else, even if they're asking like their gender or their name or like, what's your name? Like, it's normal. So you're like, um, I notice like you're Native American, but is there anything else that you would like to be called? Hmm. And then I think that's just like helps you. Um, get more comfortable asking and then mm. you also connect with that special person and then you learn more mm. and then you just get more comfortable and also just comfortable making mistakes too because I've made mis- total, like I went to Hawaii and there's so many cultures and they ba- basically straight up told me like you don't know anything about the world do you I was like I don't <laughs> like, <laughs> teach me and they're like okay this is what you call this person like is how you say hello in Fijians how you say hello, hello in New Zealand. And Bula! They, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or a boss or something like that. So, yeah. and Fijian. So uh, even then, I just made so many mistakes, but the people ta- there taught me how to do. Like, it's okay. You're learning. It's mm. fine as long as you're not like big-headed and don't get offended. You're learning. So intention. intention, yeah, intention.
2: That's cool because like I think there is a lot of fear to be wrong mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. So it's nice to hear that like it's okay.
3: We're always wrong. So at this point, we're <laughs> like totally okay being wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, we posted a video once of me telling a story about Australia. It's like our most popular video. It has like, you know, 5,000 views or something, which is oh, nothing yeah. on YouTube, but a lot for us. But like 90% of the comments are like, this kid's an idiot. Like he got everything wrong. Like none of this is right. I said there was a uh, mountain lions in Australia. And they're Like there's no mountain lions in Australia. <laughs> I was like, I was just telling a story. Like, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're very used to being wrong, but it's nice. <laughs> Did you call like a uh, Samoan a Tongan or something? <laughs> no, I just thought someone
5: from the like Philippines since I didn't know about their history. So his name his last name was De Guzman, so I didn't I You're thought that like, is Spanish. I thought Spanish. He was, yeah. And I was ex- I was like expecting him to get mad at me. He's like, "No, I'm Filipino." Like, and then he told me the history. He's like, "That's okay." Like, I That's I, how we was, learn. Yeah, he's yeah. like, "That's I I I totally get why you'd be confused." He's like, "I thought you were I thought and then he told me, "I thought you were like Hispanic, too,
4: because
5: you look like it. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm Navajo. He's like, I've never heard what Navajo who, what a Navajo is. Tell me about it. So That's cool. It yeah. was really, Hawaii was a very good place to learn about other people because people were very nice.
2: And it's and, such a melting pot. Yeah,
5: and people were very kind. Mm-hmm. So I really loved Hawaii for that, just learning about the different cultures. Love that. Yeah.
2: Cool. All right, guys. <laughs> Shall we wrap this up? <laughs> yes. You two are welcome back anytime, every yes. time. This has been a delight.
0: Really has been. Yeah. Um we told you off the pod, but yeah, any chance we get to learn about something new, especially when it's tied to people, is uh that's gotta be our favorite thing. So And people
2: you. unabashedly tell us, uh, whenever you have guests on, that's our favorite episode. <laughs> we're, like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're like Do more uh, yeah, of that. We're like, Yeah, do it totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Yeah, thank you. Um but really they are. And it's like, it's so fun to hear. That was my favorite part of being a missionary was like the unique opportunity to just hear people's experience and stories. And so it's kind of cool that we're like recreating that here. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for coming and sharing. I know it's like, it takes a lot to put yourself out there in your story. So we appreciate it. Any thoughts? Any closing, clo- closing, clothing closing <laughs> thoughts?
5: Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> eee, okay. Eee. <laughs>
2: <He's good>. <laughs> <laughs> I legit do that every time I get into bed and get cozy. I'm always like, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right. With that, thank you listeners. We appreciate all of you. Uh, this has been another episode of 3am. We will see you next week. Uh, and with that, bye, love and be safe.
3: Be careful out there. Trust your gut. Watch your back.
2: And <laughs> let's go then. Or let's go Dang it. I messed it up. <laughs>
0: How do you say bye?
1: Uh, how come that? That. Oh. Beautiful. <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> hey, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon, where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3 am Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, The3AMPodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions.